Hello you lovely people. I thought I'd create a, a nice intro for this podcast while I'm sat on my holidays. As you might be able to hear, I'm near a pool. I'll give you a minute just to be very jealous of me right now for being next to a swimming pool in late September. Uh, I'll give you a minute to appreciate the noise. It is a swimming pool and not a toilet flushing, I promise. Um, but I just wanted to say a quick hello. Thank you for, for listening to this episode. It's the first one after what has been a bit of a smash hit with the Johnny Smith and Richard Porter episode. So thank you to everyone that listened to that and who is now listening to this one as a follow-on from finding out about the podcast and what I do. Um, I sat down with Jack Kavanagh, who is the frontman for the Stiana Gloss uh, detailing brand, which in a second he will tell you himself. Um, wanted to just kind of say a thank you, let you know that you've still got a, a few days left for this month's design. It is the Halloween special one, so if you are looking for a spooky season t-shirt, it's an MX-5 dressed up as a ghost. Works quite nicely, I'm quite happy with this one. But again, thank you for having a listening, and on with the podcast. I am Jack Kavanagh, um, affectionately known as Cav. And I am the front man of Stiana Gloss Detailing Brand. I've hit record now because the whole idea is a casual conversation. Chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're just chatting anyway. So it's a no- especially I've noticed this in your game. It's hard because as soon as you arrive. On the assumption that the person is polite, yeah. you start talking. Yeah, yeah. And then, when I, I did a podcast with um, uh, Pro Detailer magazine, and we were chewing the fat for a good hour and a half, and he kept saying, "Stop saying that! Stop saying that!" Yeah, well, stop telling me. I was like, well, just put the mic on then. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. I try and get the pleasantries out of the way. And it's normally if it's someone that I've chatted to before, mm. and I don't have that awkward like, "Hello, this is who yeah, I yeah, am." Yeah, nice to meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can just kind of right click record off we go because you don't have to build that dynamic as much. Um, and you and I have crossed paths a couple of times. Yep. It's not like it's the first time we've ever seen each other. Um, so it, it makes it easier to just go, right, I'll click record, let's crack on. Let's have a chin wag. Do you often get people get all frozen as well when the mic goes on? Not really, because right. most of the people that... The, peop- the guests that I have now are people that have either done stuff like this before or are known and know how to chat. They're in it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And for what I do and the way that I try and do this, it's supposed to be as low pressure as I can so mm. it, it hopefully makes it easier to kind of reduce the stress I've tried my I had an idea for a podcast it was more of a visual podcast as well mm. that we would have because obviously we get some really sexy cars on the feed but people want to know about the owners yeah, yeah. so I thought mega what I'll do is a, is a nice cinematic style clean of a car but then the background audio will be me talking to the person. So if they start talking about the wheels, then I can show them the visual of the wheels. Because sometimes it's quite difficult to watch people talk. Like Joe Rogan, I get it, he gets unbelievable views, but I'm like, I really wish there was something better to watch. Yeah, I don't yeah. need to see your mouth moving. So that was my thing. I've tried it twice, and I'm not going to name them because I love them dearly. Couldn't, yeah. forgot how to talk. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so good when I just want that right person to get it done, get it out of the way, I might do it with Alex, to be fair, when he's 92, he's finished. Yeah. Because he's getting a little bit more confident on camera as well. More than welcome to use mine as well if you need it. YouTube channel. Shh, we're recording. We are recording, but fire away. <laughs> Go it's on. fine. Companies with BMW and Yeah. Doing the stage where they get the owner in, talk about the car. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And with the visual of cleaning that car. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you... 
do need another one. My 86 is always welcome for you. Yeah. Uh, it's not the best spec car. No, but it's hanging. But um, it will clean up well. It's really ditched today. I, <laughs> see, I wasn't 100% sure how much of a setup and how easy it would be just to chuck a jet wash over it. So I was like, you know what, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to leave it. Because I cleaned it last week and that's only a week's worth of grime. <laughs> And a huge bird shit. Like, <laughs> like it landed on the wing and just went all the way down the side oh, as well. It wasn't even like a, it landed on the bonnet and stayed on the bonnet. It went all the way down the side of the car. It's it like, just in case, it, you know, I don't know how these days are going to turn out. I'll just leave it. And if there is chance, there is. If there's not, I'm not that fussed. It's not like I'm driving around filming myself all no, the no, time. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, it's especially shitty today. Yeah. Like, it's just, we've had shit weather and I've been driving it a lot. And it's just that culmination of... I turned up at a detailers with the grubbiest car with curved wheels and like I think all of my suspension bushes are going. I drove down that lane. And I was like, oh, God, every <laughs> thing is making loads of noise. So yeah. I have the same problem. I clean the car; it looks fantastic, and then I leave it overnight. And the pads that I've got, they're yellow stuff, and they're phenomenal pads. Yeah. But they kick out an obscene amount of dust. So by the time I've got to the next thing. My wheels are dirty. <laughs> and he goes, cool, you could have cleaned it. And I'm like, I couldn't have cleaned it any closer to this meeting. Yeah, yeah. But I get it. You think I've turned up and I've been lazy. It's heartbreaking. And it's even, people are judging me a lot for that. Oh, They're you not get looking judged at you more than the normal person the car. as well. Yeah, exactly. Because of what you do. Sometimes, I, like uh, Sam's detail and competitor of mine, he's just built an incredible 964 uh, RWB. You've seen it, yeah. yeah. Every time he goes to a show, I think he might be making a statement. It's hanging. <laughs> properly hanging it, and I'm it's like, driven it's not a garage princess I've spent like, all this yeah, money on a 964 RWB you're in our world like <laughs> alright you can have a you can have a 330 diesel that's parked out the back that's allowed to be dirty but this is your hero car yeah, yeah. it needs to be as good as it could be in my opinion that's no I'm not knocking Sam at all because I like what he's doing he's on my list of people to get in touch with actually because I think he, again having that story would be quite a cool one to, to yeah, chat for about sure. I'd listen to it, for sure, because I, I feel like... You'd be sat there going, what, what tips was he going to share? Nah, there's nothing he can teach me. <laughs> no, I'm only playing. Well, we're five minutes in almost, so it's probably worth me asking the question. Of, introduction. Yeah. So who are you and what do you do? I am Jack Kavanagh, um, affectionately known as Cav, and I am the front man of Stiana Gloss Detailing Brand. We've been in existence for four years in November. Oh. November the 1st will be our fourth birthday, so we're free in a... Three and a half years in, and we like to think we do things a little bit more differently. We've taken the seriousness and the arrogance out of this world because, and that's no disrespect to any other brand, but I think people take car cleaning way too seriously. Ultimately, we're just cleaning cars. We're not curing cancer. It's not important what yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's a very fun thing to do, and I've met a lot of amazing people along the way, um, but I'm very mindful of the fact that it's just cleaning. You know, let's all relax a little bit. That's fair. That's there fair. are other ends of the spectrum. You know, there's the there's the the concourse competition winners. There's the people that do it for a living, and that is a customer that I will approach in the next few years. My customer at the moment is very much the enthusiast, the people that want to clean their own car on a weekend, hopefully on the way to a meet or some sort of gathering with friends with like-minded people that also love cars, um, but they're not they're not looking under a microscope at their paint you yeah. know i will put my products up against anybody else's and that's why i come across quite arrogant on camera but that is just a character and i assure you i'm very proud and i'm very confident in the chemical that we produce yeah but i don't want to be confused for the type of person that is going to try and win awards at concourse d'elegance or salon privé you know where it needs to be meticulous i just want you to have a 10 percent shinier car than the blind than the guy next door yeah, yeah that's my thing um me as a person i've always been in performing arts from the age of three 
and I loved it. At school, everybody said you'll be a second-hand car salesman, which was so... And I, don't get me wrong, my biggest role model is Del Boy because I love everything about him. Yeah. But I didn't like that... that the persona um, that comes with it. The persona, yeah, because it's, it's a little bit dirty and a little bit... And I, I, I love his family values and I love the fact that he can earn a few quid, but there's a, there's a lot of things wrong with him as well. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't become a second-hand car salesman, but my two biggest passions outside of family are cars and entertaining people and I feel like car salesmen get to do that every day they get to be around cars and they get to entertain the customer hopefully resulting in in a deal so went through loads of sales jobs landed at another competitor worked there for four years and really properly fell in love with it I was around cars wasn't selling them but was selling something yeah um that ended and went for a job with everybody else couldn't get one so linked up with Dodo Juice they do the important bit making the chemical work and it's my job to sell it right okay so that's how Strana Gloss itself came about then is off the back of Dodo Juice yep. moving over to this branding and working with you to so no Dodo Juice still goes Dodo still Juice happens, is still a thing. Dodo right, Juice okay, is yeah. very much for they might not like me saying this but in my <laughs> mind Dodo Juice the Dodo Juice is 15 16 years old yep. so their customer at 18 to 30 is now 38 to well, whatever the maths is. Yeah. They're, they're, that generation has moved up. Stjana Gloss, in my opinion, has plugged that gap of the next batch of 18 to 35-year-olds. I think being aware of the industry, I've not seen anyone. Bar Maguire's, I think Maguire's do a stellar job. It's very hard to capture an audience from 18 right the way through to 55-year-old, 60-year-old John. Yeah. That's a big old group of people. And I'm, my entertainment, my style of video is very much for the 18 to 35-year-old TikToker. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of viral stuff that I'll use. Steve, who's 50, doesn't get it. He doesn't get the references. These, so it's, yeah. so I, but I'm conscious of that. And I'm like, well, I don't, I'll, I'll grow up with my customers. So when I get to that age, then I'll start dialing it back or I'll find a different theme. I'll find a different style. Um, but Dodo Juice does that older demographic. And, and I like to think that Stjana Gloss is 18 through to 35, which is a bit scary because I'm starting to get outside of my own target <laughs> yeah, yeah. now. I can say I've just turned 30, mate. And I, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's always I'm like, oh, shit, I'm actually an adult. Yeah. People actually think I'm a grown-up and take yeah. it seriously. If there was an emergency, people would look at me yeah, help, yeah. and I'm like, nah, I'm, I need a grown-up. Yeah, where's the, the proper adult? The one <laughs> yeah. nearby, like, where's the one with the high vis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt most of the time. I don't think I need to be yeah. in any way taken seriously. And like what you were saying about how the um, the detailing world can be quite a seriously yeah. minor thing. I had it. I do a bit of car spotting when I'm out and about, and I'll tweet about it and share it. And I'd spotted. And I can't remember the guy's name, and it's going to bug me because everyone will know it. And I imagine you'll probably correct me who it is. He was on the Apprentice. Mm. And he's got a silver and red Rolls Phantom with Tom Skinner. There we go. His unit is. It used to be two doors up. Yeah. So he, I was in this on area this estate, anyway. Yeah, so yeah. 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 Down the road, right? Bash! <laughs> yeah. Well, I spotted his rolls mm. outside, like, a, a proper, like, Essex mansion-looking fake Tudor wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Took a photo and went, there's a lot going on here. That's it. That's all I said. There's a lot going on here. It's a chrome-wrapped Rolls-Royce outside an Essex yeah. manor. Someone was like, I can't believe you stand for mental health and you're ripping into someone, this, that, and the other. Can't believe Henry Catchpole's associated with you in any way. Proper, like, having a go at me. How surprised, like, mate, I'm just spotting a car. That's it. There's more important things to worry about than whether I call a Rolls-Royce a bit flash. 
calming. Like, there's no need for you to be taking this that seriously. Oh, you are under a microscope for that, though. Yeah, Nobody literally. else would have been picked up on that. I, the guy was like, you're not allowed to criticise anyone or call anything other than beautiful. Like, it was full on, like, I can't believe you would say that. I was like, I called a Rolls Royce a little bit flash. I didn't even say that. I said, there's a lot going on here. Because uh, there is a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, I've never met Tom Skinner, but I can imagine he takes a lot of grief well, all got day, to every him. day. Oh, it did get to yeah, him. Yeah, this tweet, some like mini, like mini exploded. And it got to him and he was like, you should see what number plates on this car. Or something like that. Kind of in the joke. And I messaged him saying, look, I wasn't trying to yeah. take, take the piss or anything. It was just a bit of a, wow, this is quite flashy. And he didn't reply, which I wouldn't have expected him to anyway, because he's probably inundated as it is. But he replied to the tweet, and he was like, you should see the other number plates. And I was like, fair play to him. Yes, love that. in the right stride, unlike this other guy that really got upset about it. Did you see, that's just reminded me of, um, there's a video doing the rounds at the moment, of a gentleman in a sombrero and a, um, what's the... Is it the guy asking if he's offensive? Yes. Yes, I have seen And all the, all the people, all the, um, all the millennials, if you will, say that's offensive because you don't know anything about their culture. Yeah, yeah. And they're really passionate about it. And you go up and ask the Mexicans and they're like, no, we love it. Yeah, looks great. And you, people get so caught up on what others will think. Yeah, yeah. That they almost, oh, it just really, that infuriates me because you're not bullying. No, not no. That, and also, and I, know, I, I love, I love the message of this podcast, but sometimes, dare I say, I'm going to jump into it. I feel like we've forgotten a little bit as of a laugh of each other. Yeah. Because there is, and that line changes from person to person, but I like to think I skirt on the edge. Or, but I'm, I, I don't intentionally take the, take the piss out of somebody in particular, but I'll definitely take the piss out of things. Yeah. And I have never, on Starnagloss, I've never received, uh, there's been a tiny whiff of hate, but it's nothing. Top Gear, where it was a very open audience, where nobody knew who I was or didn't care for me and didn't know me, didn't sort of watch me over the last few years, there was a lot of shit. So go into that, because I, I don't know that, that story. Okay. So, two years ago... Yeah. Um, you know Tess Whittock, the drifter? No, I don't, actually. You, 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 you'll see her soon. You'll see her soon, because she's a big deal. And her, her fiancé, Martin Richards, he's number two, number three drifter in the world, James Dean, the gentleman from Poland, and then him. He's yeah. always there. So these two are a power couple. Anyway, they've got affiliations with the BBC. The BBC wanted to make a series on cleaning disaster cars. Right. So they got in contact with me. I remember um, seeing you post about doing a thing yes. with the, the top and it was thing, yeah. it was amazing. Um, but You're the right demographic for it as well, aren't you? Yeah. And it was, it was the most watched thing on Top Gear's Facebook, which right. I'm really proud of. Yeah. The negative of it, we were given three hours to clean a car that needed a week. They right. were, it was a how clean is your house? These things were dumping grounds for yeah. people. So, and, and some of them were plastic bottles, some of them had 12 week old broken eggs. Oh. And also, the three hour thing, you're not getting it done anyway, but add in the fact that you've then got a person who drives it who's never been on camera before who has to interact with the camera. So the amount of, do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Eats into your three hours quite so, quick, that, doesn't it? Honestly, when I say, I, 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 we had 45 minutes max on the interior and 20 minutes on the outside. Wow. So they were not anywhere near perfect. Yeah. They yeah. were barely even touched. Like a snow foam lance is just about. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you could, there was no time to do the barrels on the wheels. You were pretty much chemical cleaning the exterior and just 
running around it. But again, you can't give the impression that you're running around it because of the camera because they want it to think it's a real three hours. Yeah, yeah. Now, I always thought if you were given three hours, that actually meant you was given 12. No, no. the opposite. We yeah, were given yeah. one and a half <laughs> because, and, and fair play, like, no, not fair play. The BBC are very much a corporate. We start work at nine, we finish work at 12 for lunch, and then we have some lunch and then we go again. So I had from nine until 12, car doesn't turn up till half nine. Well, we can't add another half an hour on because everyone needs to have their lunch. So anyway, the video, the, the, we did 10 episodes in the first series, 12 episodes in the second series. The first video went out and the comments were unbelievable. And, but they were so bad. Actually, no, to be fair, I need to be honest. The first two episodes really fucked me up. Right. Because I've never seen so much hate. Yeah. And it was more it's hard so... to take that in as well, isn't it? And it was the volume. There were yeah. like 16,000 comments, 50% of which were hateful. Yeah. And the first, as I say, the first two episodes, I was like, I've fucked it. I've fucked my career. I've, 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 done, a bad, I've done a bad representation on car care and detailing. Um, but the producers messaged me and said, this thing is going wild. Right. There's something in that. Yeah, thought, yeah. Okay, cool. So... Anyway, fast forward a few more episodes, and there was a couple of cars that actually came out quite good in the amount of time that we had, and the comments died right off, and the interaction died off, and the views died off. Right. So I'm, think, I'm now thinking, wow, this is an algorithm game now. The more hate you get, reg- the, sorry, the more comments you get, regardless of hate or good, the better the, the, better the views, the better... The, and so that's why we got a second series. Yeah, yeah. The second series came out, and I said, we want more time. I would like less interaction with the owners, because that just swallows up time. They didn't even use most of it anyway. Um, and sadly, not sadly, because it was still a huge success. It was the second most watched thing on Top Gear's Facebook after the first series. Because the cars were much better, there was nothing for people to talk about in the comment section. It didn't get the same views. But the, the one bit that really sticks in my mind about hate on the internet was a video had been uploaded. It had been uploaded less than a minute, and naturally I'd been tagged in it, so I watched it. Was tried to watch it, and then I started watching the roll, the comments coming through. My mum put on it one of the first comments. Um, I'm so proud of my son, so proud of my baby. It was something soppy. Yeah, yeah, as mums do, of course, as she yeah. would. But the video has been up two minutes. Somebody commented underneath that almost straight away. You should have aborted him. <sighs> Jesus. So I Christ. rung, um, I rung my mum and said, and she's she's getting all worked up. And I said, Mum, he hasn't even watched it. He cannot physically have watched it till the end. Yeah. So there, it means that, and that really helped me because it just reminded me that there are people out there that are so unhappy with themselves that they just latch on to anything that they yeah, can. Yeah. Just I want to ruin your you day because my day is already terrible. Um, so that really really helped me. And now if I get, I get, I'm still getting um, negativity on on TikTok and stuff like that. It just doesn't bother me like it used to because your worst day. There was an expression that I heard not so long ago. The worst time of your life is the worst time of your life. And that, you can't compare your worst time, um, you can't compare somebody else's worst time of their life to yours because you've never been through it. Yeah, yeah. So because you've been to the, the dregs of the internet comment section, anything less than that doesn't feel that bad. Yeah, yeah. But if you just get constant positivity, everything's great, sunshine, rainbows, and then someone comes in and slaps you in the face, that is really going to ruin you. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you've been past that, I like to think if somebody, God, this is a terrible reference to make, but if you've had cancer and you get a cold, you don't give a shit about the cold. Yeah. Because you've been much it's not worse. cancer, is it? But if, yeah. you've had the, if you've only had colds and then you get the flu, this is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, I so- had a similar thing with a job interview. So I used to work in medium to high secure psychiatric hospitals. 
quite an intense environment to mm, work in. Sounds it. And when I met my other half, who is, she's a doctor of psychology now. So very like smart, well yeah. On this career path, she'll be a clinical director of a hospital one day, all that kind of stuff. And I was working 12 hour night shifts, just paying the bills, reading books all night, not really doing work unless something happened. Okay. Just watching TV, kind of keeping the peace. But you're always kind of sat there going, anything could happen. It could minute. go like, off in a minute. It's going to be ready in case that happens. <laughs> so I wasn't really progressing or doing anything to me for it. So then I met my other half. I was like, right, I need to pull a finger out, try and get into like a career and, you know, be a grown up. This other. So I went and got a sales job for UPS. And I got into their graduate scheme without a degree, which I was like, this is testament to how good of a salesperson mm. I am because I sold myself into a, a graduate scheme. Yeah, well done, you. And part of that job interview, they were like, so how do you deal with rejection? What happens if someone says no to you? I was like, well, in all fairness, the environment that I'm coming from isn't just a no, it's I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Once no, you've dealt no with, with that, knife. <laughs> the no is not very much of a problem because you go, yeah, oh, I'll just shrug exactly. it off and move on. And it's very similar. Like, I've dealt with, I'm going to try and kill you now. The extremities, yeah. So then everything less than almost dying <laughs> is, is quite a walk in the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's been five or so years now since I worked in that environment and it, like the edge is getting, like, it's wearing off. So yeah, something yeah, will yeah. happen now, I'll be like, oh, that was a bit close. And then my brain will go, yeah, but you didn't nearly die like yeah, you yeah, used yeah. to. It's like, oh, yeah, I can tough this out. You need, to throw, right. you need to like, do maybe a week in prison just to tough it yeah, out. Yeah, just go and have a couple of weeks and be like, right, yeah, this is dangerous. <laughs> I'm going to go back now. Yeah. <laughs> Time out. I'll, I'll go back to not complaining. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but it's, very, it's all about perspective. And it, that's something that I very often um, talk to people about when either they're going through a difficult time or they're reacting to something all about perspective yep. your perspective of a situation is unique to you but if you can shift it or if you can try and look at it from a different angle or yep. a different like pers- another person's perspective it can really change how you view a situation and, and ultimately how you feel about a situation and similarly with like negativity online I've had people leave not like nasty comments or anything like that but kind of just deprecating about whatever it is and it was, it was probably someone like, I posted a photo of one of my T-shirts with a certain car and they called the car crap or whatever. And, but it was like a bit over the top yeah. to what you'd normally expect. Yeah. And I'll just send them a, I'll just reply going, this seems really harsh. Is everything okay? It's normally a sign that... Is there something you need to yeah, unpack? Are you, do you need to unpack something? If so, drop us a DM, I'm happy to talk. Or I'm happy to send you information that might help. You, like, I appreciate that you might not be happy right now. Can I help change that? And it's amazing how much Doing that God's changes yeah, the situation. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, someone yeah. that's coming to attack you, if you go, my arms are open, how can I help? Because you're clearly not in a great place. The, the hatred is very intense, and I, that's a sign of something else rather mm. than me. I, my photo can't have upset you that much. No. So it's, it's clearly an indicator of something more behind the scenes. Yeah. Can I help with that? And within three messages, they're like, oh, this is great, I love what you do. I'm like, oh, it's funny how that turns around, isn't it? Once you have a bit of empathy for someone. Mm. And it's really interesting to live in an online world now because you you learn so many different dynamics. And I imagine for you, as your audience has grown, you've had to learn a much broader range of stuff because it's not as... Yes, for sure. One thing I've found, and I'm very, very lucky for this, every time I post a new video... Mm. I'll, I'll be a little bit more daring. And the one just gone um, on... Was this at Roll Hard? Roll Hard. With the guy walking past you. With the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 
the eighty percent of the segments were were pretty too easy. Like they weren't that daring. But the last one, I thought, because obviously the end of the video is the most important bit because that's when people like it, they share it. That's when they decide to comment. So you have to throw something if in there. If they get to that far, if they get that's that far, the challenge as well, yeah. isn't it? You've got to get retention, a good and then and then retention, and then hopefully get them to action something. Yeah. So at the end of the video, I said 10 years ago if I saw a convertible I'd have assumed nonce and the reason that Ooh. I said that is because my dad used to have a Saab 93 Aero convertible and he cut someone up and they called him a nonce I thought that I was going in a different direction no. <laughs> yeah. now he's been my dad dog. is a nonce yeah. no that's not what I meant at all <laughs> the reason no. I thought this is because Uncle Jimmy used to drive a convertible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now he's not allowed to family barbecues anymore <laughs> <laughs> no, the, dad had a convertible. Someone called him a nonce. So I, that now is stuck in my was stuck in my head. Yeah. So I said at the end of that video, I, but now I'm coming round to a convertible. Maybe it's something to do with my age. But I still said the word nonce in a video. Yeah. And genuine, I wouldn't go so far as to say anxiety, but there was a proper knot in my stomach. How is it going to be? How is it going to be perceived? Video went out, and then you get a load of positive messages, uh, positive comments. Where I feel quite lucky about that is that I have enough, I hate the word fans, but I'm going to have to use the word fans. I have enough people that follow me and enjoy my content that will go into the comment section with smiling, laughing faces, share it amongst their friends, tag their friends in it. And quite quickly, in that if somebody comes along after an hour and goes, I don't like that, hits the comment, sees nothing but smiling, laughing faces, they'll think I'm the one with the issue because why am I the only person that's been affected by this? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Top Gear thing, I didn't have a fan base or a, a group of people that would defend me initially to then divert other people from commenting negativity. But what I, I feel very, very lucky about that because I, I know that what I say can be a little bit near the mark and I, unfortunately I've, I've sworn a couple of times in more videos recently because that's quite natural for me and I did try and make it a PG place to be but it is funny when you swear, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and I had the same kind of thought when I started doing this. I was like, do I keep it clean? Or does that, again, reduce the natural nature 100%. of conversations? 100%. That I've had? We're all adults. I'm not expecting 12-year-olds to be sat listening to me and another grown man chat about what it's like to work in the car industry. Some, of, some people will, and they're normally the mature ones, and they can deal with an F-bomb here and there. Yeah. And as I said earlier, I dropped a C-bomb in front of 400 people recently. <laughs> and it immediately was like, oh, that was, that was over the line. I was, I was too familiar. And I'd spent an hour and a half chatting with Richard and Johnny, and we were quite casually chatting. And I hadn't left that space in my mind. <laughs> yeah. So when I answered in front of 400 people at the live show, my brain was like, we're just chatting away like we were a minute <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I became the centre of attention, which wasn't my intention. <laughs> and every time someone then answered, Richard or Johnny would be like, you're not going to drop a seed, yeah, we've already had one from that idiot over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, sorry. Playing it off. Um, but it, it is one of those where it's like, you can either be really natural in yourself. How far is the line in kind of the personality versus the real yeah. side of things? And people like um, Shmi, he's a real big example of that. A lot of people expect him to be Shmi. And Tim's not like that. When you meet him in person, if you spend any time with him, he's quite a normal, casual, chatty bloke. But he's not Shmi, he's not no. that big personality yeah, that everyone yeah. expects. And he gets a lot of shit online. Bless him. Because that personality is yeah. quite divisive for a lot of people. But I don't, I don't hate it. No. Look, I, I do, I feel for that man because he's crushed it. Yeah. His car collection is insane, so there's obviously going to be a huge amount of jealousy there. And 
I understand that there was a massive um, misunderstanding about him. I even fell into it. I thought his dad was Mr. Burton on the high street, so oh, that's where all that money came right, from. Yeah. And that wasn't that was, I wasn't alone in that thought process. There no, were I can lots of so it was. It felt a bit silver spoonish, and it was, he's really well spoken. Um, I, I don't know where he considers I think a himself, lot of his like, middle class explosion quite... was like him and his R8 going on the gumball and stuff like that. People are like, oh, he's clearly a, a silver spoon yeah. kid. Daddy's money, was. baby, and 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 I love the fact that he's still so composed, so professional. Yeah, he's taking a wrath of shit. Oh yeah, unbelievable amount. So I've got nothing but respect for him. Do he's I watch his so content? No, because his well. his cars are so far removed from what I. He's unobta- His car is unobtainium. Yeah, and and cool. Good luck to him. But I'd much rather watch a chap talking about ninety two. Yeah, and I think and... his audience is the people that are looking for him as aspiration, yeah. rather than the people that are trying to connect. With he's him. a he's a, he's an internet version of Top Gear. Yeah. Most of us couldn't afford the cars that are on Top Gear, but we loved it. Um, I just think he would benefit from a... I think that's the best thing about Top Gear, the original. And I, uh, to be honest, I quite enjoy the new version. There's three of them. So if you don't love one, much like Maguire's, this is what I love about Maguire's, you've got Tom and Dale. Yeah. You might not love Tom, but you might like Dale, and vice versa. Whereas that's one thing I get very conscious of about John Ross. If you don't like Cav, you ain't following John Ross because yeah, yeah. it's the Cav show, and I don't like that. And I, I, then I need to do something about. I struggle that. with that as well because I'm it's just you. me bumbling around, and it, it's it's funny. I'll get an email every so often, and I need to pay more attention to this because it's happening more often than it used to from someone that I've passed on the motorway. And it's like I'll have been sat in lane two doing seventy, and they'll have been in lane three doing sixty-five. But from an app, from their perspective, I've shot past them in yeah, a yeah, car yeah, that's yeah. all liveried up. Thinks he's on at Le Mans, blah 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 blah. And I'm kind of sat there going, they think that I'm a representative of a company because the email is always someone yeah, from yeah, your yeah, business yeah, yeah, yeah. driving one of your cars. I'm like, if they knew that it's just me, <laughs> like, this would yeah. be a very different situation. <laughs> like, oh, that knobhead's out on the road again, <laughs> rather than like someone driving your car is blah 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 blah. And it's that like, if you don't like me or if you don't like what I say or what I do there's a big chance that you're not going to engage with the stuff that I'm trying to do even though that idea is bigger than myself and what you're trying to do is bigger than you mm. but someone has to tell people drive it, it of course yeah. and unless you've got a couple of people or unless you're big enough to employ people to do it you're kind of limited on right if you don't like me I've lost you as a customer hopefully enough people like me that I build enough customers to then go look now I've got two people or now there's a choice of people for you to engage with and that might be the point where you start getting those people that originally were like, I don't like this Essex boy telling me what to buy, going, oh, I like this, this northern chap or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit more like soft around the edges or something. And then that's your next stage of growth, really. Yeah, isn't it? It's another sure. level for you. Um, but I, so before we'd even met, I'd seen all your stuff and been really like inspired by your way of doing things. Thank you. To the point where I'm like, I should probably do more videos like Calvin does because it clearly works. And now that all of social media is focused on reels. Sure for Short it's format video, it's yeah. all you have to do. Like, if I want to get any sort of growth, and obviously Instagram shows you all your insights right at the top of your page. Like you've reached 50,000 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always if I've posted a reel. Yep. If I've done one decent reel, which for me is like, say it's had 15,000, 16,000 views, my followers and all my engagement yep. shoots right up. And then I can spend a day taking photos like properly. And it's like, oh, 100 people have liked yeah. this thing. You're like, what is the point? Yeah. I spent a whole day taking photos. I could have spent four seconds downloading dash cam footage and it'll get 100,000 views yeah. or something stupid. Yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking because my, um, my photographer, Ali, he's, he's, he's different gravy. He's so talented. And he'll come down here, we'll do a photo shoot. We had a beautiful Liberty Walk Ferrari down here. 
and the engagement was fine. Then I put up a video of, I can't remember what it was, I can't remember what I was talking about, and it just, it got more likes and in, in interaction in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame because the, the work that he does, the photography that he creates is absolutely stunning. But, and I don't, dis, I don't believe that people don't care about it, but Instagram as a, as a or TikTok or whoever, yeah. the, whoever the, the platform is, they, they get a picture uploaded, they get a video uploaded, they're like, oh, video, yeah. video, video preferred, video preferred. And I get it because they are more easy to watch and there is something going on. And, but it's so frustrating for, for yourself, for me, sometimes it's quite nice just to have a few, have a couple of days worth of images yeah. that you can just put on there just to stay active, just to keep the page alive. I can schedule these posts. Well, you might as well not bother. Yeah. You might as well do a video. Are you, sorry, you might as well do a video once a week and get the same amount of engagement as two weeks worth of pictures. Yeah. It's mad, and it's, it, it's hard to be in that space and not feel like you're not doing very good. Mm. And it's, you have to kind of realise that Instagram is not a meritocracy. It is not showing the best stuff. Nope. It's showing what will get more clicks, what's going to get more comments, keep what's going to get more shares. Keep them on their platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah what's yeah. going to keep someone scrolling through Customer reels? retention, yeah. What's going to get shared between a group of friends? Like, what videos am I going to send my other half because it made me laugh? not how amazing is this photo. Yeah. Instagram doesn't give a shit. Mm. And unless you've got a huge following from when Instagram did give a shit about yes. photos, your photos aren't going to grow any sort of following. Um, and it's really tough. Like What I've learned to do while trying to do all of this stuff is take good photos, make good content, design things, graphic design, all that sort of stuff. It's like if I wanted to try and put myself out there to do that work for other people, I go, oh, I'll do it on my Instagram account. It's like, well, Instagram's not going to show it to anyone. So you're not going to gain an audience for the work that you're good at. You'll gain an audience for how good you can stand in front of a camera or how quickly you can spot a Ferrari going past or something like that, which, yes, it's good for building an audience. And if you're trying to run an online kind of focused business, the more audience you've got, the higher your chances of people clicking on and buying stuff from you. But if all you want to do is go, look, I'm really good at taking photos. Does someone want to pay me to take photos? It's only going to show it to the six people that follow you already. It's yeah. not going to show it to yeah, yeah, yeah. your pot potential clients. And it must be such a hard time for anyone working in a creative space to grow any sort of audience and reach any potential customers yeah because it, unless you're doing video nobody's seeing your stuff no and as good as cap cut templates are they're they're not you can tell the be all and end all no. of, of how to get social media engagement or oh, we could just be women and then it'd be easy to grow a following i met someone who is um an only fans creator model i'm gonna say content creator i don't okay. think it's a so I was just chatting because we were at a car event and she was a photographer for the event and I'd put my foot in it when she was introduced because her Instagram was private. Ah. But she already followed me. Right. And she was introduced as a great photographer. I was like, oh, I'll follow you and see your stuff. And it was private. I was like, oh, is this because you've got OnlyFans? And she was like, yeah. <coughs> I was like, oh, shit. I didn't mean that to be derogatory. I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. a joke. So I, a bit further into the day, we were sat in the press tent just having a cup of coffee I said, I'm really curious as to how this whole thing works. Like, I've never really met anyone that does it. I certainly haven't had one-to-one -one casual conversation with them. She was like, fire away, fire the questions away. And it's so easy to make a living on there if you're an attractive woman. Yep. And I was like... I, I don't think you need to be attractive. Yeah, you just have to have feet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, most of my content is me pouring shit on my feet, like honey, jam, just uh, strawberry sauce, whatever. People will request it and pay money for that. Yep. Because it's a dainty woman's foot. I'm like, my bloody hobbit feet aren't going to get 
pay for. fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've I've, wa- I've cost me more in honey to do this video than I'm getting out of Omnifun. <laughs> yeah. And it's wild how this world exists. And unless you're either creating for that world or interested in the stuff that is created for that world, you would have no idea that this wildness happens mm. over there. Um, and it, it's such a bizarre phenomenon that because it gets engagement, that's the be all and end all. Is yeah, what's going to get exactly. clicked on and what's going to get. It's not necessarily going to get shared. But it will get clicked on and saved, and that person will come back time and time again. To, I respect the hustle. Oh of, yeah. of them girls. My and this, I'm, I'm, I'm looping back round to to your theme. My fear is that it is going to ruin, and it actively is ruining human interaction. Hundred percent. Fuck that. I'm not want to talk to her. I'll just pay for it. Yeah. I hate that. Well, I, I saw a video this morning where um, it was a guy on a podcast had said. There's some statistical surveys done by either like Tinder or Bumble. Someone had done some research. And I think it was like 86% of women expect the man to make the first move. 20% of women assume all first-time interaction with a man is harassment if the guy says something first. 50% of blokes will not interact with a woman they're interested in because they are expecting to be received as harassment. So you've got most people, most women want a guy to speak first. But then we'll 20% say of them are by. expecting it to be harassment if they do, and 50% of blokes are expecting to be treated as a, a harasser if they talk first. So it's one of those like flip a coin and I'm going to speak to someone or not. So all of dating interaction is immediately cut short yes. by almost uh, what? Preconceived yeah. ideas. It's what, 16% of women will say something I've, first. Like, I it's feel mad. so, so lucky that I'm not in the dating world. Same. My brother in law is. Good-looking bloke, good money around him, grafter, like a trophy. Yeah, can't get a woman. It's mad, isn't it? Because they're just—I feel, I, unfortunately—I think men and male and female expectations of the other half is sky high. Like yeah. nobody's, nobody wants my my fiance is beautiful. She's a grafter and she's an amazing mum. And I fucking love the fact that there is not a half-naked picture of her on her Instagram because she ain't that sort of girl. Yeah. But it's almost like women feel like they have to do that to attract the opposite gender now, which they don't. No. And men, on the flip side, almost have to play this bad boy, playboy persona to get the attention of the female. Yeah. When in actual fact, everybody just wants normal people. Yeah, yeah. But it's... I want to bump into you having a cup of coffee. Like, that's enough. Yeah. Like, the happiest times I have with my fiancé are doing mundane shit. Yeah, yeah. We went to the cinema last night and went to see Barbie. Happy as Larry to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't care about... You don't about need the, 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 the 500 pounds steak yeah. that you can put on your, on your socials. But it's... it's Yeah, as I say, I hate the dating scene at the moment. My, my twin boys are four and a half, and I am I feel confident in that, one, they'll, they'll be able to talk to women because their, dad, their mum and their dad can talk for Britain. Yeah. But also, there has got to be a... What was that word you used the other day? Equilibrium point, where it's, it's nobody's with anyone... Nobody's doing anything, so it must just go back to the basics. And yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to go and try and talk to her um, because that seems to work for my mum and dad. So I'm going to try that again. Um, I'm just going to airdrop her my face. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, hopefully she's got it switched on. <laughs> the, um, that, yeah, that 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 frightens the life out of me. It's mad, isn't it? Like I've not got kids yet, but I foresee it happening in the next <laughs> ten years. And it's like, what kind of a world is my kid going to have to grow up versus what kind of world I grew up in? Like, and I was born early 90s. So as I say, I'm 30, I was 30 this year. And the change between how things happened when I was a kid to how things happen for kids now is insane. Mm. 
I, I can't foresee a big enough change happening between now and the next 30 years in terms of how we've got personal computers and phones and cameras and everything in our pockets. I, I can't foresee anything that big of a change happening. But just being a kid in this environment now must be such a challenge. So I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this recently. I've been, like, a lot. Yeah. It's, it's consumed most of my free time. And I'm sure that my dad and his, his dad would say that today is the easiest day to be alive. And I'm, I can't argue with that because, as I said earlier on, the hardest time of your life is only the hardest time of your life. But today versus 10, 15 years ago is much tougher. I, don't, I, don't, I would argue anyone with that because money was cheap 10, 15 years ago. There were, there were a lot less... There were a lot less social pressures. Mm. I, I, I don't love, and I probably get shot for saying this, I don't love this whole identity misunderstanding issue we've got going on at the moment. I think that's causing a lot of headache. And, but the one thing I do like is that it's a tough time. And tough time, there's a, there's a saying, you definitely would have come across it in this, in this world. Tough times make hard men. Hard men make good times. Good times make soft people. And soft people make hard times. Yeah. I think we've had a, a, a big batch, especially Boris Johnson, who, whom I did like, but he was soft. And he made some real tough times. But fast forward 15 years, that's going to have made for some tough men. So all this mess and noise and distraction we've got at the moment is going to develop some really resilient, tough kids that can ignore it. Yeah. And they're going to make for uh, they're going to make for good times. Now, I think on the flip side to that, Dubai, where I really, really want to go to, it looks phenomenal. That place is too good. That place is making soft people. Yeah, yeah. Because they, it, every day is Disneyland. Yeah. In Dubai, and as much as it's amazing to live in it, that will have a negative effect on your perseverance, your hard work, your dedication. Because it, it just you go over there, everyone's a millionaire. Everyone's yeah, a fucking millionaire. Three generations in Dubai, and you've got camels. People living in the desert, grafting hard. Exactly. And then they yes. struck oil and yes. then it became a, oh, we're billionaires a gold mine. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. now we're at that, that yeah. next step where everyone's grown up with money and they don't know how hard it is to live in the desert with yep. no money and yep. water around them. Yep. And if they're not careful, they're going to end up back walking around in the desert trying to figure out what's going on. And, and fair play, the, the uh, what's the, oh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, the, um, I don't know if he's a president or is he the king? But whoever, the ruler of Dubai, yeah. is very conscious that the oil has run out, so he's made it a travel and tourism place. And fair play to him, because he's crushed it. We might as well call it the London Borough of Dubai. It's so popular. Yeah. But everywhere has a 15-year run. Miami had a 15-year run. Vegas did it. Singapore did it. You know, everywhere's got it's, it. There's an in-place to go yeah, for young yeah. adults, or, sorry, um, our age, this demographic, this generation. But it will move. We should still call ourselves young adults. I feel like we should hold on to that for We're as long rough. as we can. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> young adult is 18. Yeah. We're a long way from that. That's a Gen it's Z. It's weird, now. though, because like young adult, an 18-year-old still, when you meet an 18-year-old, like, oh, there is a child here. Yeah. But when you're 18, like, I'm an adult. No. I know how the world works. And then you yeah, go we, into the world which is like, Which is oh, nonsense. Like, <laughs> I, I, I much prefer the African way of doing it. You're only a man when you've killed a lion. Because there's actual, <laughs> there's a hard evidence that you've done something that requires a big pair of minerals. Whereas our 18-year-old is, I'm not allowed to drink. Now I can drink. Yeah. It means nothing <laughs> to turning 18. an 18-year-old that hasn't had a drink is a very sheltered child. Yeah. <laughs> like, my mates were going down the park and everything from like 14. Where I grew up, my mates would go to the next village just to have fights. That's how rough like the yeah, area yeah. was. It's like we're going to go over to that village because that's where the other kids are, and we we don't like those kids because yeah, they live in that up. village. So we're just going to go and have a fight, Post-code and then we'll wars. come home. That's it. 
And it wasn't even like drugs or gangs or anything. It was just like bored kids yeah. that had nothing better to do. So they're either drinking or they're fighting, and that's how you grew up in that area. And there was a there was a BBC like biopic or whatever they want to call it, like a drama about a murder that happened in a mining village, and it, it like went into the the politics of mining in the 80s and the murders and this. Thing. It was the village next to where I grew up, where we all used to go to have really? fights. And I was like, I knew the guy this that was, was murdered because he was shot with a crossbow, which is a weird what? way to get killed in like the 90s. 1600s, maybe. Yeah. So the guy got murdered with a crossbow and that guy was someone my dad used to go to the pub with. So my in-laws were like, oh, we're watching this new thing. It's based up near where you're from. This guy got murdered with a crossbow. I was like, what's his name? I can't, I think it was like, they called him Froggy or something like that. And they're like, yeah, how do you know? I was like, that's the village that I grew up And then there was a scene where I was like, they pulled up at, uh, it was Newstead up near Mansfield, pulled up at Newstead train station, which is like on the access to Newstead Abbey. At one point, my dad rented a house within the grounds of Newstead Abbey. So that's where we'd get off from school. At that, like, and it was all like, yeah, we, we come from a, a reasonably weird area to live in because it was just, there's nothing there. And that was where Froggy croaked it. Yeah, and he got shot with a crossbow. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> oh, Christ. But that's what happened when we were teenagers is you'd go and get in fights and drink and... I'd... Yeah, I don't feel like that happens anymore. No, because it's, there's a phone yeah, yeah, around yeah, the corner. Yeah. You can't do anything without being on camera. There are no, there are no repercussions for bad-mouthing anymore. Yeah. And that's why I, I, I play around with the term, and I mean it for the right reasons. <laughs> we should bring back bullying. Because, hold on, you don't say dumb shit... Because you can get if knocked you're out. If get beat up, yeah. It, it really hurts to get punched Bullying online is torture. Yeah. And i like been exposed to it, have never done it, have thought about it, I'm better than that. Bullying online is horrific. But bullying in real life don't last long. Because that bully quickly, unfortunately, nine times out of ten, there's a reason for it at home. You know, Mum and dad aren't, aren't, aren't doing as good as they could be. But the bully gets found out pretty quick and he then sets an example for the rest of the children. You know, he goes to a different school or whatever. He, he's always in detention. You see it. You see the ramifications of being a bully. Yeah. Online, you can be a dick all day, every day and still go to work. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. So I, when I say bring back bullying, I don't mean I don't want to go back there. But there needs to but, be ramifications for your actions. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and unfortunately, it's another reason that makes people soft, and it's another reason that makes people fake tough, because if you can say something on the internet enough, then you turn into a bit of a dick in the real world. Yeah, because you believe you're, you're 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 arrogant. Yeah. Oh, fuck it, I can say it to him online, I can say it to anyone. But, and, and again, I, I'm not, this is not meant to sound aggressive, I don't mean it like that at all, but I've been to enough car shows now where there have been people that have not liked me or they said something in the video, no one's ever come up to me, ever. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever. No one will call you a cunt to your face these no. days. And I, and that, I, I take a little bit of, um, I take a little bit of enjoyment from that. Then that if you are digging people out on the internet, you are pathetic yeah, as a person. You haven't got the stones to say it to the face. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, was it Tyson that said everyone wants to be a boxer but nobody wants to get punched in the face? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was one of the really big ones. Yeah. Like, everyone wants to be a fire and nobody wants to get punched. And if you've ever been pushed in the face, it really hurts. Yeah, it does. So it kind of puts it on you a little bit to oh, maybe let's not get into fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we nearly, I nearly had a fight. Uh, I say nearly had a fight. A man got out of his van after nearly running me off the road three times the other day. Unfortunately, I can drive quite quickly and evasively, so he'd never got the opportunity. But we stopped at a set of lights... And I'd purposely stopped the other side of a van to where yeah. he'd stopped. Because I was like, there's a barrier. I don't have to look at him. Got my other half in the car. 
as soon as these lights change, I'm gone. I'm in the yeah. I'm in a sports car. He's in a van. He's got no chance because we're getting onto the motorway, and I'm just going to disappear. But as we pulled away from the lights, I saw him stood in the middle of the road, and I was like, "Oh, I'd have taken him easy. I know how to fight. Like I used to do a lot of fighting, <laughs> and as an adult, I've done like jujitsu and martial arts and stuff. I know how to handle myself, and I know how to be in a confrontation without that heart rate thing taking over and you lose your focus." But leading up to that, I was like, I really don't, I don't know who's in this van. I don't yeah, know if he's got a weapon. It could be a six foot six bloke yeah. that has done jujitsu all of his life and will absolutely kick the shit out of me. Albeit someone like that will be able to hand a bit of road rage a bit better and not yes, get that true, wild up. True. But you still don't know who's he could in have that a van. Knife. Yeah. And we were just outside London. Like we were leaving London. It's like, you don't know what this guy is. Fortunately, I, can have, I managed to just stay in the car and drive off. But as soon as we drove, I was like, oh, I'd have had him. I'd have had him easy. I know what to do. He's a, t- he's a tiny little guy as well. I was like, didn't come out with a weapon. I'd have had him. And I felt really annoyed at myself. And at the same time, proud of myself for not letting, yeah. getting into that he situation. He did the right thing for sure. Um, but nobody wants, nobody's getting the same ramifications as they did before. And even if that situation had gone south, if he'd have been in front of my car, it's all on camera. Okay. There's always a camera around. There's yeah. always some sense of... Right, your whole career can be destroyed by the internet now. You're, see, this is, that's a fair shout. You're absolutely right in what you say. There is always a camera around. But this is what's so frustrating in that the internet is so trackable. Yeah. So trackable. You can't say, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a techie person at all, but there, there will be something, and I know people are put, sort of pushing for, they want, if you have a Facebook, that you actually have to upload a, a utility bill and a, and a driving licence so it's genuinely you, because obviously yeah. there is always the robot aspect of it. But this is the bit I don't get. People that are throwing shade on the internet, that's them. That's them with their picture. Or, 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 let's assume it's them with a real, that real person is behind it. Why are there never any ramifications? Whether it be legal or physical. Yeah, I think... It's you, weird. It's like it... Oh, then again, I suppose, nine times out of ten, if you sleep on it, it isn't that big of a problem And I anymore. think there's so much of it now that you are a bit desensitised. Like, if I came up to you in the street and called you to your face, we've got an immediate interaction, it's going one way or another. Yeah. And if it was someone that you knew personally calling you and being horrible, you'd take it really personally and you go, right, I'm going to call the police, get restrained, or whatever. Because it's someone on the internet, and there's so much of this interaction yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth, they leave a horrible comment. It doesn't actually affect you enough to go, right, I'm going to seek legal action, and they're going to get their comeuppance for it. So they can go and do that to a, a thousand yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to do anything. If they do it to the same person over and over and over again, then, yeah, it'll push yes. them to a point where they go, right, I'm going to call the police for harassment or whatever. But I think it's just numbers. I think it's so frequent yeah. and so spread. Good call. That you're not going to be like, this guy, I'm having him. Because ten other people have said the same thing to you. Or you've had so many of these horrible, crappy interactions that you're like, it's not worth the energy. It's not worth my time to teach this person a lesson. I'll wait to meet him in the street one day or something like that. Like, we had a guy cut in front of us at a cafe. And he tried to be like, well, I come here every day. And we were like, you clearly don't know how cues work. (laughs) And there's me and my mate who's bigger than I am. And this guy was like... Uh, I was like, yeah, you're not used to being called out on your bullshit, are you? And now we're in your face. We're going to be the bigger men and walk away, but you need to bear in mind that there are ramifications for being a knobhead. This isn't Facebook. Mm. There's now two men stood in front yeah, of you yeah, going, yeah. you need to calm it down, sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this can go one way or the other. And it's, all, it's, it's such a, a weird diversity between the real world and online world in, yeah. and how I don't think, I don't think we've really... My 
uncle-in-law said to me that our spirituality hasn't caught up with our reality. Yeah. And it, I think he's right. I think there is something in what he says in that you, you evolve spiritually with the times, but in the last 20 years of the internet, shit's moved way too fast oh, for yeah. us to be able to catch up with it. So we're all just sort of playing a bit of a guessing game, you know? And take from that what you will. I'm still sort of, I'm still unpacking it and learning from it, but... There is definitely something in the internet world or the internet persona isn't 100% attached or, or related to your real life. Yeah. I don't think that those two align just yet. I think we need a little bit more time on the internet for it to be a, I'm the exact same person on the internet as I am in real life. Yeah. Well, the thing with the internet is you've got, everything's in draft. Yeah. You can review everything first. Like, you don't have to just be live all the time. You can kind of go, right, this has happened. I'm going to give it, I'm going to type it out, not say send, or I'm going to correct the grammar, or this, that, and the other. Whereas in real life, you don't get that opportunity. Like, what we're doing now is about as close to an online version of ourselves because it's just recorded. Mm. We can fuck up this conversation. We can make ourselves look like idiots. But between this ending and this going out online, there's an opportunity to go, let's we'll chop edit, that bit chop out. That out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I said something I didn't mean. Can we take that bit out, please? I think while we're still in that phase, there's always mm. going to be a disconnect. And the person that posts videos of themselves online, the guy that you see on, that, on your phone, you've had a couple of a goes, or you can oh, change it, yeah, or you yeah, can yeah, 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 say yeah. something else before you post it. So as authentic as you are when you do these videos and as genuine as you are when you speak there's still a bit of buffer between that and the the cab that sits and has a cup of coffee and drinks a can of monster like you're you're right the the, so I always say that I and this is they're becoming closer in that I have an online persona which is cab the lad and then my real world is cab the dad cab the dad is a lot more relaxed and chilled out cab the dad wants to sit on the sofa eat Bacon sandwiches and because he's tired from being covered. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas and and the, I, had a, I had a lovely interaction actually with a chap at Rollhard, and I was buzzing. I was so excited to be at that show. I turned up late. I literally turned up just to make a video. The the stand was busy. There was good orders going coming in. It was good. I was just I was up. I, I had a real rush, and the music was pumping, and I was sort of dancing as I was serving people. And the fella said, "How do you stay like?" I said, "Fella, I am not like this all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is you're getting the best bit <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. of the energy. I've got um, caffeine. I've got music. Yeah, 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 I've got yeah. money coming in. I've, I've <laughs> just yeah, I've just turned up. I've had a lovely lie in, and I'm going to go home to a Sunday roast. Like this is the best day ever. Yeah. Um, but the uh, and I do. I want I'm not worry at all because it's not that big of a deal. But there are evidently people out there that think I am just constantly up and and, and bouncing around in front of the camera. No way. I would say during this podcast, and this is I'm just thinking this live. I'm at fifty percent. Yeah. You know, I'm not jumping up and down. I'm not, but I am very much yeah, still you didn't in show mode. To me, with your heels clicking no, in the air or anything. But like I'm that. still in a little bit of show mode because I know that there's going to be an audience. I know that we need to customer retention is important. And if I just sit here talking a bit monotone and talk about what I'm going to have for my dinner, that ain't fucking entertaining. No one, no one gives a shit about that. So I'd say I'm at fifty percent now. Which, all right, you could say that isn't a true representation of me, but it's the one that is as we spoke about earlier on, more likely to get them on their website and hopefully some of them turn into conversion. Now, this podcast is not for that at all. This podcast is about mental health and it's being okay to talk, which I fucking love. 
But I can't separate the two between well, no, people or listening. Your public image is your public image. I flick image, into this exactly. I flick into that cab the, cab the lad persona. Yeah. But that that's fine. Like this isn't about trying to be like Cav. Let's have a therapy session. No, I'm going to let everybody into your deepest dark. It's not about that. The idea is we have a casual chat. People get to kind of maybe hear stories from you that they've not heard before, or get a bit more of a a longer form insight into what you think and what you say and what you do. And it also acts as an example that conversation doesn't have to be this big barrier that we make around it. Like mm. in our darkest times, conversation is the hardest thing to do, and that's completely understandable. And I'm not even going to try and say that you should talk all the time when you're feeling like shit because I don't do it, and I live this shit. My other half is a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work in, in hospitals. <laughs> I could not be telling more people to talk when they find things difficult, and yet I will be in a low place and I'll just shut off. And normally it's so that I can process whatever I'm feeling. And I wouldn't expect anybody to talk in that moment. Like, I wouldn't expect myself to go, this is how I'm feeling, because I don't understand it. I, when the emotion stuff or when the, the difficult stuff is so overwhelming, it's hard to translate that into words. It's more of a, I just need to sit down, I need to go through this because it's going to be difficult. And I know that it's going to get better, but I know that I'm going to have to get worse before I get better. But I have to let that happen. I have to go through these emotions I'm just going to be quiet, I'm going to be distant, I'll be all right, and if it gets really bad, then I'll go, right, I'm having too much of a trouble. And that's the point that I try and reiterate as much as I can, is like, if you're getting to that point where you're thinking about doing something that's going to hurt you, you're thinking about taking it further than that, that's the point where we need to have it kind of a bit more ingrained in us to go, right, I'm at a crisis point. Yep. Or to go to a service that deals with people when they're in a crisis point, or just to talk to someone not connected to the situation. Because that's often the biggest fear, is if I talk to my other half and go, I feel like dying right now, it's going to affect immediately around my life. Yep. Whereas it can be a fleeting thought or a fe- fleeting feeling. And if I can turn to someone impartial, like call mind or calm or whoever, and go, I feel like this, how do I not feel like this anymore? That can make such a huge difference. And I think that's the bit that we need to ingrain in ourselves a bit more, that you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to can reach I, out at that point. Can I add to that? Yeah, of course. I... Wouldn't, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But I think it's worth remembering. Sorry, that sounded condescending. I did <laughs> yeah, not mean it like that. You it's idiot. worth bearing in mind <laughs> that there are... So, a prime example, my dad, yeah. whom I love. He's... he's both parents have, 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 have uh, been very much in and out of some real dark places. Yeah. I've flirted with them, no denying it. It is easier for people to talk than others. Some people yeah, to talk absolutely. than others. I think this is just my, my takeaway, and you've probably said it a thousand times before, and I, I, I'm sorry to bang the same horn, beat the same drum. If, it's, if talking's not easy for you, it's worth... And again, it's hard. I get that. It's worth unpacking within yourself what else can I do. Yeah. Because it doesn't have to necessarily... Now, I'm not a gym-goer, but I have recently obviously started losing a little bit of weight. I didn't even realise until after the fact how much that would help my, my mental health. I was suffering... For the first two years of Stjana, my boys were born November 27th, 2018. Almost a year after was the opening day of Stjana Gloss. So for the first three years of my boys' lives was fucking stress yeah. for me. And the anxiety, which I didn't even think was real, was fucking real. Yeah. Like, that shit hit me like a ton of bricks. 
For the first two years of Sjana, where you can't guarantee orders are going to come in, I could pretty much tell you every single person who had ordered because I'd had a conversation with them. Like, that shit was tough. And maybe it was a... I wouldn't say it was a fluke. There was definitely something in it. But towards the second half of the third year, I started losing weight. And that knot in my stomach really started loosening off. Because of that... I got more playful with my videos. Because of that, I then got more engaging in videos. Um, orders went up. Like, it was, it was, it fascinated me how much positivity came from positivity. Positivity yeah, yeah. breeding positivity. Now, I'll be honest with you, and the reason why I say this is, two years ago, when I was in a, in a real spot, you know, I was, I was starting to get some grey hairs come through, my relationship was in a bit of a pickle, Work wasn't as busy as I wanted it to be. Like, it was, but I just thought, well, it's got to be like this. It has to be like this. Yeah, everybody yeah. that's every every entrepreneur or business owner ha- must have gone through this struggle. Now, I, th- I still think that is true, but it never occurred to me for one second to talk to somebody because I was like, I've just got to work through it. I've just got to get through it, and I did. But a cheat code that I learned from the the most loved and hated man in the world, Mr. Andrew Tate. Because I, I do hang on to a lot of what he says. I think a lot of what he says is gobsh- is absolute shite. But be the best version of yourself as a sentence is fucking beautiful. I love that. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lose some weight. I'm trying to be as successful as I can be. Don't listen to the misogyny. Don't listen to all the other fluff. Yeah, but there are some really core gems in there. Yeah. Um, and that be the best version of yourself has literally made me the best version of myself. Because I thought, oh, I should try and lose a little bit of weight for my boys. I never realised the, the positive effect it would have on my mental state. Because I now am buzzing to get out of bed, to jump on the scales to see if I've lost, I've lost any more weight since yesterday. What a reason to get out of bed to see if you lost it. But it worked for me, you know. That was, yeah, yeah. So what I'm, I suppose, when I say talking didn't work for me, because I didn't even realise I needed to talk to somebody. Because it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't at breaking point. You know, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't yeah. having those dark, dark thoughts that... Um, I get some people have and that's heartbreaking and, and if you are at that point then yeah maybe you do need to step it up and think right I'm more well, than needing point, to go to the gym yeah the point that I was making with that is it's not necessarily that talking fixes everyone's problems and if you're not feeling great talking is but the it's answer step one it's one of those where it's like if you are down this rabbit hole where you can't see the surface mm. rather than taking it to the full extreme and I've, I've worked with people that have been in that place. Just getting the edge off can make all the difference. Yeah. And if we have it kind of more ingrained in ourselves, that if we are in that place, if we ever get to that place, before we take the ultimate step, talk to someone, anyone. doesn't have to be anyone connected to you. That, that's the point I, I, I'm at with that piece. That's the, the point I was making there is if you are in the, I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to someone first. Yeah. What have you got to lose? You want to kill yourself anyway. Yeah, yeah. You might as well talk to someone first. And if it makes it better, it makes it better. If it doesn't, you're carrying on with what you were going to do anyway. And I'm not trying to say that that will fix every problem. And I'm not trying to say that if you talk to someone, you aren't going to want to kill yourself. Because it might not happen. And it, it would be false of me to try and make a promise that goes... Nobody needs to ever kill themselves. Nobody's ever going to do it ever again. Because yeah, yeah, we're yeah. all going to talk. It's going to happen. And it's going to be hard not to for a lot of people. Because normally it's not the, I don't I want to die. It's, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And that's the easier choice, is not being here will stop all of this pain. Mm. That's normally what happens. It's not necessarily the, 
nothing that anybody could ever do will make me not want to die. I just really want to die. That's not what it is. There's a very, very small amount of people that just want to die. Yeah. It's a weird thing to encounter, and it's really, really frustrating to be around someone that just wants to not be here. Yeah. They're like, I can't see any purpose. I can't see any fulfillment. I don't feel any positivity. Nothing feels good. Nothing's making me want to stay. Like, it's a really weird person to be around because it, you then start to question your own reality a little bit, and that's really weird as well. Like, yeah, what is the point? We're going to die anyway. <laughs> might as well just get it over with. Like, it's a really weird, bizarre mindset to be in. And every so often I've encountered someone that's like, I just want to die. Like, my family love me, my job was great, I've got money in the bank, things are good, holidays are fine. But at the same time, I just, I don't see the point. I just don't want to be here. I can't be asked. It's a really weird person to be around. But for 99% of the population that get to that point, they just want whatever's happening to stop. Yeah. And normally there's a lot of stuff and it's really complex and it's easier to do that than it is to unpack it all or to fix it bit by bit. And if you ever get to that point, that's the bit where I go, look, yeah. just talk to someone. Sure. What have you got to lose? Yeah. You're either going to kill yourself or you're going to talk to someone, get or better. Or better than that. Or yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. kill yourself anyway. Like, you've got no reason not to because you're like, I want to die. And if you get to that point and you talk to someone and it doesn't fix it, well, you're exactly where you were before. Mm. So you might as well talk to someone. I think that's a great... I think that's a... COVID is a great proof of concept of that theory because... Obviously, COVID, the biggest thing hit was social interaction. Yeah. And I, I lost more people to suicide than I did to COVID. That just proves to me that we as humans need interaction, whether we fucking realise it or not. Yeah. Because when it's taken away from you, people start killing themselves. Yeah. It's, and, it's insane, and that was, isn't it? And that was... I'm um, so, so glad to see the back of that thing. I think it's a bit strange how quickly it has disappeared. Um, I don't... It's like the world forgot about it real yeah, fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the world was told to forget about it pretty quick. Um, back to the office, guys. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> two years yeah. not needing to be here and the world didn't stop. And I'm like, well, we've got rent to pay, so back in the office you go. Like. Yeah. Um, but, fortunately... The COVID disappeared. No one's fucking killing themselves anymore in my, in my in close circle. circle yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? And that, I, obviously, there are still people that are suffering. Of course, there are. Cost of living, this, the pressures that we talked about on social media, trying to find a woman, trying to find a man, trying to find somebody to love. It's fucking hard. Yeah. But the only proof I trust is what I can see with my own eyes. And that was during COVID, I lost some people. Outside of COVID, I haven't lost any. What's the what's the thing that changed? Social interaction. Yeah. So I, I wholeheartedly agree. Talking to somebody should be up there on the priority list. But the the, 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 the step down from me, maybe that, that's a fairer way to say. If you're just feeling a bit wanky, yeah. a bit shit, distract yourself. Get busy. Get Put a bit of pressure on yourself. Because I guarantee when you achieve something... You'll be two or three weeks down the road, and that issue It'll seem smaller, won't be there as much. Yeah. It, it won't necessarily be gone, you, you know, because you lose someone, they're still gone. They, like, bereavement is a, is, a, is a tough one. The analogy that my other half uses for bereavement and grief is it's not one that she came up with, she read it somewhere. It's like glitter. If you spill glitter on the sofa, it's fucking everywhere. Yeah. There's glitter everywhere. It's on your hands, it's on your face, it's everywhere. Six months down the line, the glitter's gone, right? You've cleaned it up, you've moved forward. But you'll be moving something, a bit of glitter all crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll spill glitter. Same with grief. Yes. When it happens, it's all you think about. It's yeah. everywhere. It's your whole yeah. life. Six months, a year, two years down the line, something will trigger that memory. You go, oh, I really miss them. 
but it's not all consuming anymore. Mm. It's a bit of glitter, a bit from the sofa. And it's an analogy that I hadn't come across. She found it and she told me it works really well. And it's the same with these big problems. When you're in the middle of a big problem, it's all consuming. It's all you can think about. You can't sleep, you can't eat. It's all that's on your mind. As you start doing things and interacting with people and working and making new opportunities and doing bits and bobs and like, like you say, being busy, the thing becomes less and less consuming and sure. it just becomes a part of what's going on or it becomes a part of your past because life just has this way of carrying on. It Life doesn't care whether you're in, in a good space or a bad no. space. It's just going to happen. Yeah. And whether you're in a good space or a bad space, eventually life just moves forward and that thing isn't all of yours unless you make it all of your thing unless you hold on to it and make it all consuming it becomes smaller and smaller and it becomes less invasive yep. and you'll find ways to manage it and as you've said one of the good ways to do it is to be busy is yeah. to do stuff that helps pull you out of that mindset or gives you something to focus on or keeps you distracted from that and being distracted from it might allow your subconscious a bit more time to kind of process, process. it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I used to read um, the James Bond books when I was at work in the hospitals, pretending to be at work because nothing was happening. I was just reading. And he, in that, there was a thing where James Bond would go to sleep on a problem because he knew it would allow his subconscious to work through it all. Right. And he'd wake up with an idea about how to fix the problem. And it was something that I really kind of grabbed hold of because, like, I think that's probably got quite a lot of weight behind it as much of a throwaway thing as it was, as hard as it is to fall asleep with a big problem in your head, by the morning you've kind of got a bit of an alternative perspective yeah. or you've digested it a bit and it's not quite as like sharp. It's a little bit dull around the edges. You go, oh, right, I can tackle it from this angle. I can yeah. try this, try that. And these kind of analogies really do help and they're really good ones to hold on to, especially when it gets dark yeah. or when it gets tough or when you can't sleep. It's like, right, I've got to, got to get busy or I've got to sleep on it or I've got to think of it as glitter and this that and the other and know that it'll get smaller and less less invasive and there's that saying that this too shall pass like that's where that comes from is it you just got to keep going and one of the the ideas that i've i've never really been able to make work and i think it's partly because i'm the whole idea is still too small i've not got a big enough audience to go right i'm doing this another thing for you to to engage with is an idea called auto mindful and the stuff that we do with cars is good for our brains. So going to a car meet, social interaction, yep. it's good for your brain. Cleaning a car is another really good one. Like I, you can lose a whole day yeah. just in your own little world, bit of music on, phone's not being buzzing. By the end of the day, you feel quite relaxed and calm. You've done a task-focused exercise throughout the whole day and you've got something to show for it. It's a really good like, mindfulness exercise. And then the same with like, working on a car. Like, if you've got a problem to achieving solve... Achieving something. Yeah, yeah, you've achieved something, you've done something that has rewarded you for your time and your effort, and it doesn't need to be how many likes and how many comments have I got. And this whole concept, I'm trying to figure out the best way to approach it as auto-mindful, whether it be a set of car cleaning products that have that as their, their branding to go, look, here's an essential kit to clean a car. If you're feeling a bit low, take this, go and clean your car, see if it helps. Same with like a... a socket set or a tool set that's branded with that to go look this is good for your brain use this to do that and it's a it's a concept that i've held on to and when things do eventually grow it's something that i'd revisit and go right i've teamed up with say stiana glass we've got this essentials pack for the auto mindfulness teamed up with snap on we're doing this essentials pack clean car clean mind yeah it's a it's one of those that it's a conceptual thing that you don't need my concept to do it. You've got your car cleaning supplies, you've got your toolkits, you've got coffees and cars, whatever. But as a, a way of kind of going, 
we're giving this a name because it, it deserves acknowledging because not enough people realise that that's what they're doing. They go, I feel, feel really good. I cleaned my car today. I feel really good about myself. Yeah. It's like, that's what that was. You did a thing that's good for your mental health, but you didn't know that's what you were doing it for. Um, and it's that kind of overarching concept that I think probably just needs a bit more acknowledgement yeah, in for the sure. car world. I, um, there's, I wouldn't... I agree wholeheartedly in what you've just said. My, I was going to take a different approach with cleaning the car. On average, you'll burn about five to seven hundred calories cleaning the car. Right. So there's definitely something in that as well. You know, if you, I've been doing lots of digging on 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 losing weight, and ultimately it's just uh, burn, burn more, more calories, calories than you eat. Yeah. <laughs> so so you, at the moment I'm I'm super low. I'm at like fourteen hundred a day, but it's very it's quite an easy way to to get 700 calories in doing a job if you just if you pair that with not overeating or not getting some donuts in while you clean the car but and the reason i haven't gone into the mental health aspect of it is because i wouldn't be confident on and bear in mind the the, the online persona that that fella in the video has never got a fucking mental issue at all. Yeah. Because yeah. he's too tough for that. You know, he's, he's too arrogant to, to admit to that. But people can see the weight loss. So that's why I was going to sort of lean into, lean into yeah, the weight yeah. loss side of it. But if I'm having the worst, shittiest day, everything's gone to shit, the first thing I do is run downstairs, no cameras, just go and clean the car. Yeah. And I might rattle it out in two hours because I can do that. But nine times out of ten, if it's all gone to shit, I just go and clean the car. I didn't. I probably didn't realise that it was that sense of achievement at the end. I sort of used it as a two hours away from everything else. And Again, because car cleaning is so respected in on our estate, nobody interrupts you while you're cleaning the car. Yeah. Because that's what we do. There's free. Um, we got the chemical manufacturers. We've got the the sorry the chemical manufacturing plant. We've got detailers, Cambridge Concourse, that's the same on the estate as us. And the other three, you never see them at the front. So. If I'm standing outside making a video, people come and talk to me because they're interested in what I'm doing. But if I'm cleaning the car, it's like you just get left alone. He's in his world. And that's my it. little escapism. Yeah. And you're right. And I think walking is a gem as well. But I think walking can also, without walking without earphones, I think you can get lost in your own thoughts as well. It's a very, there's, it depends entirely what mood you're in. Mm. You can go for a walk feeling like absolute crap. And if you're, if you're in the right side of feeling yeah. like crap, you the walk get can out pull you it. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in the wrong side of feeling like crap, the walk can just give you space to sit. Start looking at bridges. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> oh, there's a bus coming in. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those where it's yeah. like you have to be kind of conscious of what yeah. space you're in when you yeah, go for yeah, a yeah. walk. And a That's friend of mine thing. lost someone recently because he been out a fair few drinks, not in a great place, walked back, fell, potentially in the canal found him under a boat three days Fuck. later but it's one of those that's like did he fall because he was yeah. drunk did he fall because he wasn't in a great space nobody knows what happened in that in that ten minutes between him leaving and him not getting home what's the um, what's that uh, I can't remember the word where and this is going to sound deeper than it is but there'll be a time where I'll be I'll be driving home just gone to shit I know I've got an ear bashing when I get home because I'm late. I've missed the boys' bedtime, and you'll 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 come off a slip road, and then there'll be a big old lorry coming around the roundabout, and you think, well, could just could just you know just get rid of all my fucking problems. Yeah, it just won't stop. Fortunately, I've never done it, but you're right that it, unfortunately I do wonder how many people have gone. Oh, 
fuck it, bang, just turn the steering wheel or done the jump the or whatever. Is, and yeah. if they'd have had an extra 30 seconds of, what the fuck am I thinking? That's a, that's a horrible one, that. Yeah. I hate that. I met a guy not long ago and that that's what his brother did. Just drove into a tree. It literally just like adding off, drove into a tree at full speed. There's a, there's, a tr- there's a tree near us. It's on a real tight chicane and there's always flowers there and you get the, uh, nobody will ever know obviously but you get the impression that they were driving along and just went oh fuck it and just nailed it yeah, and yeah. didn't turn and it's oh, there's um, a John Green book called Looking for Alaska and I didn't realise this when I went into Waterstones to buy it I thought it was like I'd found it on Tumblr back yeah. in the day nobody else had seen it a bit of a, an underground book Worthy, yeah. so that's a massively well known <laughs> author and it's like teen fiction it's not even like a it's not like a Jane Austen. It's like it's meant for like fourteen to eighteen year olds. <laughs> it's really fucking emotional. It's this coming of age story, and everybody's heard of it. And I thought I was special for that. So I went into Waterstones. Like, have you got this book? I'm not sure if it's if you've. You've probably never heard of it. Yeah, you know. yeah. found it. It's online. quite neat to know. It's, it's very niche. <laughs> she went, oh yeah, it's in that pile over there. Like a million of them. I was like, all oh, right, okay. It's on yeah. the John Green Isle. Yeah. yeah. And it was like this really young, attractive girl, and I was single at the time, so I thought I was being really cool. Like, <laughs> Come for this book, you might not have heard of it. And she's like, oh yeah, you. you and the other 14 year old girls over there they're all crying just join the John Green queue there but at the end of that book sorry for the spoilers this was a 15 year old book so you should have read it by now anyway that's what this girl does she just drives straight in and it was in a car with no airbags yeah 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 and you get to that book and you're in floods of tears now why would you be so stupid and then you get to a point and you're like I'll just drive into that tree yeah and you're like oh I understand what she felt at that moment and you go fucking hell dodge that one and it's weird that your head can go into that space and you go, but this is what I mean. When, you talk, when I was talking about how people just want that feeling to go away, it's that feeling. It's that I won't have to deal with all of this anymore if I do that. I won't have to deal with a relationship that's falling apart or the stresses of money or all of the horrible stuff that life throws at us. I won't have to deal with that anymore. I cannot be in this situation anymore. It's easier to do that. And there's a thing that I've said quite a few times and I'm always really conscious about saying it because of how easy it is to misconceive it. Suicide is selfish. Yes. And it's not selfish because you're being selfish by committing suicide. No. It's selfish it because it, your it's, problems. Oh, yeah, it's overwhelmingly you. You won't have to do this. You won't feel this way. Everybody you else is ten times worse now. Yeah. yeah. You're not thinking about the ramifications. And that, the ramifications shouldn't be a reason to not commit suicide, right? That We shouldn't guilt people into that scenario. I get that suicide is horrible for everyone else that's left behind. And when someone commits suicide, that person leaves behind a, a big hole a big hole for everyone else. But if we say you shouldn't commit suicide because of what hole you'll leave, it doesn't stop people from committing suicide because it just makes them feel guilty. And they go, well, I, I now don't want to feel guilty either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's selfish in that it's, it's all-consuming. Yeah you become so self-involved in that scenario that it, you're not thinking about anything else. You're just thinking about how much it hurts, how much you don't want to feel like you do anymore. And that's where, when I say suicide is selfish, that's what I mean, not you're selfish if you want to commit suicide or no. if you feel like no, 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 you no. should. Like, you are allowed to feel horrible and awful emotions. That is a part of the human experience, is feeling like shit. If we got through life without feeling like shit, the first sign of any trouble would completely wipe us out. You're allowed to go into those dark places and feel those dark places and feel those emotions. But if you act on them, it's not because you don't care about people. It's because it is so overwhelming that you yourself 
are overwhelmed by these feelings. And most people want those feelings to stop. And that's why people drive into trees and yeah. jump out in front of trains and stuff like that. It's because it's, ah, oh, this feeling will stop. I won't feel like this anymore. Yeah. I don't, at that point, you don't care what effects it has on anyone else because you're like, this, is, this feels worse than the guilt for what I'm leaving behind, so I'm going to do this because it's worse than that. I love that. And the... No, that's a, that's a really... Sorry, I'm just taking a sentence to process that. I, I went into a, no, no, quite like a deep it. spot there, sorry. No, I like it. <laughs> the, I don't know why this came to my mind when you were, when you were, when you were talking there. I like to, and I know this is a really simplistic black and white way of looking at mental health and it's not like this, but how I, visit, how I envisage it is if you've got a zero, which is your flat line, that's your happy graph. Right? Right. Zero is bang average, I ain't happy, I'm not sad. For the people that appear, or for, do you know what, actually, for people that are, they're in a really good place, they've got an amazing loving family around them, they've never really had proper shit. Now that person is very rare, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that person's common, but let's just say they live on a five. Yeah, they're, they're living on a five, but that five for them is zero. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the norm. I think there is something in remembering. If you're feeling like you're living on a minus 10, you know, it's just shit. How fucking good is plus 10 going to feel for you? Yeah. Live for that day. Because plus 10 for the person living on minus 10 is so much more rewarding than plus five for the generally happy guy. I always, that's, a, that's something that, and I, I'm 32 now. Mental health has been a real journey for me because it's been in my family a lot. Yeah. And I don't really want to get into it on this podcast. And that's not because this is the absolute podcast you should talk about it. That's not it's what just we're not something for. that I want to talk about. Exactly. The, Fair this enough. isn't a let's show you darkest secrets. But it's, it's a real. When I was, when I was you know, a, as every bloke, you're 21, you think you know everything. You get yeah. to 25, you go, fuck, I didn't really know everything. And I'm 32 with children, I'm like, fuck, I'm learning something new every day. And I like where I'm at at the moment because I'm learning really positive aspects. And that whole. You, there's no such thing as being happy all the time because otherwise it's not happy, you're just you. Yeah. And then sadness is really going to fuck you up. Really going to fuck you up. And I like, that's why I mentioned about applying more pressure when times are tough. If, you're at, if you feel like you're at minus 10 and you take yourself to minus 12, then you obviously wasn't at minus 10. Yeah. You, know, you, re- you re- realise how much you worse things can worse. get. Yeah. <laughs> I've got more rooms. Now that's, that's... You'd be praying for minus 10 at that point. Exactly. Yeah. You're thinking, oh my God, I want to go back to that level of unhappiness. Much like we all used to think we were fat in our early <laughs> 20s. And you go, fuck, I want to be that fat again. I saw a photo of me from five years ago where I had like really rounded shoulders and I could see my biceps. I was like, oh shit, I was in really good shape. Yeah. And I thought I wasn't. And then my other half went, well, if you can get the shoulders back, I really like your belly now. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but I had a six pack then. She went, I don't give a shit. And then in my head, I was like, her values of my attractiveness yeah. are very different to my value. I'm like, oh, I can see like, there's a bit of an overhang if I wear tight enough jeans. She doesn't care. She'd really like me to have round shoulders again. Fair enough. I'm like, I haven't even been caring about my shoulders. <laughs> I've been caring about the belly. Like, yeah. My minus 10 is like being overweight and not having any physique at all. Okay. Because I, I've spent so much of my life being active and outdoors okay. and taking pride in how I look. And... It turns out that that's not what other people care about. And if yeah, I went... And, yeah, and uh, that's a great shout, actually. One thing I hadn't thought about, my minus 10 was being poor, like poverty. Yeah. Can't afford to feed my kids. So, obviously, yeah, that, that minus and positive 10 for the happy scale is individual. For yeah, Because yeah. that's the first time I've actually said it out loud. I love that you, you took it somewhere else on physical appearance. Um, don't get me wrong, I, there is definitely an, an aspect to that that plays on my mind. But for me, it's always that have I got enough money to provide? Yeah. Now, te- plus 10 is multi-millionaire. Of course it is. Um, 
but the if you are in my case if you are fat if, if, I'm going to use your example if you are the biggest you've ever been don't worry because the day you're not is going to make that day yeah, the, yeah. The, the day you are in better shape is going to feel taste so much sweeter because you have that wanky yeah. dark low pass where you were really out of shape you couldn't run up the stairs and in the same way that the day that you've got money left in your account at the end of the month is going to be a fucking sweet day in comparison to the day that after two days all the money was gone and you're yeah. thinking oh, I'm going to put the rest of the month on credit card there is some value in dark days as long as you can harness them use them to um, it's all about perspective to energise yourself yeah. use that as fuel to get out of it now as, uh, and as, you, as you said rightly on if you're too far gone there's no fucking way out have a conversation for sure but sometimes it's worth remembering the, the wanky times just to reflect on, on how of how far you've come. Yeah. And regardless of how... And that's another thing as well, we can get real caught up on on compare, on comparison. You know, your best day... Yeah, unfortunately, my best day is probably insignificant to Elon Musk. Fuck them. Worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah. That's another Absolutely. bit. Ignore the noise. And it's really hard to do that when yes. you're not in a good space. And it, it's something that and takes a internet. lot of work to hold on to that, like, I need to focus on me. Because you go on Instagram and you see someone's just picked up a new Ferrari. Yeah. You go, why haven't I got a new Ferrari? Yeah. I must be failing. I'm over like, the moon at my new M3 and he's yeah. got two Ferraris. Piss off. And you're like, oh, I'm failing. And then you never know. That guy might he's look and go, shit. He's got some shit. I wish I was sure. expressive enough to stand in front of the camera and make myself look a bit silly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I wish yeah, I could yeah. let go of my, my sensibilities enough to do that. Or I wish that I didn't have to focus so much on money all the time. I could be focused on happiness. Like It's, it's all about personal perspective and yeah. not knowing what someone values versus you. Like, What's important I've placed you. happiness quite high on my scale of priorities. Yeah. I've worked in corporate jobs. I've worked in really shitty jobs. I currently work in a job where I get to be creative and I don't have to try and climb a corporate ladder because I prioritise happiness. What do I enjoy? What makes me feel fulfilled? And it's creating stuff and doing stuff that I find interesting and stuff that's going to keep me chasing what can I do better, what can I try differently how can I learn a new skill? I've worked in a corporate sales job where it was all about chasing the sales, getting that next bonus, this, that, and the other. And I didn't get the same fulfillment as I got from something as simple as making a video that looked cool. I got more fulfillment and felt better about myself for making this cool thing than I did for closing a big deal. And once you start to kind of have a bit of more self-reflection on what makes you tick, you can find the stuff that makes you feel fulfilled. And fulfillment is kind of the, the ultimate goal is if you've got enough money in the bank and you don't have to worry about it, you feel quite fulfilled about yourself. Yep. If you did something that made you feel really happy, you probably feel more fulfilled than you did produce something of value. Like, for me, my perspective on life is that that's, that's what we're chasing, is that sense of fulfillment and achievement. It's not numbers on a paper. If you get a sense of fulfillment from bigger numbers on a piece of paper, of then th you're still chasing the fulfillment. It's just what is it that gets you there? Um, and once you start looking at life in that perspective, it, it helps to take the edge off a bit because what you get fulfillment out of is different to what I get fulfillment out of. You're chasing security financially. And I haven't got kids, so that's not my biggest concern right at this moment. But I know it's coming. And that's why I'm trying to build what I build so that by the time they are here, I've built a stable foundation rather than trying to build a stable foundation because life has to yeah, yeah, yeah. throw things at you in different ways. And it, it's... It's really kind of 
again about this perspective on how Great life shout. is. Great and, and your perspective and my perspective, they're all very different. And as long as we don't clash with each other in our perspectives and cause each other harm because my perspective is different to yours, we can get on and move mm. forward. And there'll be days where I'm finding one thing really difficult that you find easy. And I can ask you for help on it. Yep. And vice versa. You might have days where you're like, I'm trying to find a new exercise that helps me with weight loss. And I go, oh, I used to do this, and that really helped. Try that. Like, there's so much back and forth between yep. people, and it's because we come from different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and I don't really know where to lead in from there, but we're at the hour and a half mark, pretty much. Blimey. So the, the kind of the direction that's probably best for us to wrap on, and is probably a little bit more about you rather than life in general. Okay. With Stjarna Glass, obviously four years almost, what has been the points that have really helped you move forward and grow and what have you found to be really good kind of lessons to, to impart on others that maybe want to try and follow in your steps? Not necessarily with detail in specific, but in just kind of growing a, a business in this world. Um, the, the biggest... I opener, COVID. Yeah. Because John Gross was six months old when COVID kicked in, and we were we were getting along. You know, we're doing it. We're we're, we're in it. We're doing it. And then the COVID, Boris Johnson told us all to go home, and I thought, oh fuck, it game over, gutted, yeah. heartbroken. Six months in, and we didn't even get a fair fair shot at it. Laying in bed on my laptop, and I've got a little app for my website. Ching. When an order comes in. And I got one. Mine does that, and I didn't realise because I had my phone on silent yeah. all the time. And then I was sat watching TV and I went ching. I was like, "The fuck is that?" Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a definitely a dopamine hit when yeah. you hear that noise. Anyway, it, we would get like we would get trade was doing okay, but we uh, direct orders to customers was slow. Laying in bed in that first day, and it went ching. Okay, yippee. And about ten minutes later, done it again. And I was like, "What the fuck? I've never had two orders in ten minutes." And then another bit of time goes past and it goes again. And I rung Dudages and I was like, are you busy? And they were like, it's gone mental. And there was a real shoulder dropped. I, well, because Boris Johnson told us all to go home, we thought we had to go home. We didn't think people would go outside and clean their cars, mm. but they did. So we got really lucky, really, really lucky. If you had shit in a bottle, you could sell it through COVID. Like, and, and we saw a boom of brands turn up out of nowhere. There was something like 1,200 brands in the middle of COVID. A lot of them have dropped off now. Anyway, what I didn't like about COVID, obviously, was the lack of interaction and the lack of people creating content. Stiana Gross was meant to be a very arrogant brand, and there wasn't meant to be a face to it. A bit like Supreme, you know, the streetwear brand. It's yeah. cool as fuck, but no one really knows who Mr. Supreme is. Yeah, yeah. That was, meant to be the, that was meant to be the thing for Stiana Gross. We were going to have the fuel cans that all the cool kids had in their car, and, and that was it. I broke my own rule because I was just I was on social media thinking, fuck, there's nothing new. Like, nobody's making anything. So I went to the unit, made a video on how to use a snow foam lance. And it was shit. But it got way more views than I had followers. So I went back the next week and I made another video on how to use a snow foam lance from a different angle. Don't ask me why I did the same video twice, but I did. And again, it got more views than I had followers. So I made a few, another video and I got a little bit more funny with it. And because I came from a performing arts background, that confidence came back really, really quickly. So I started having a lot of fun with it. And then I learned that less than a minute is much better on your engagement. That was huge for me. Like the video thing was massive for Stjana Gloss. The one thing that I, the bit that I love and hate about it is when I go to a show, I can't be off. Yeah. 
because everybody is expecting, like you said earlier on with Shmi, everybody is expecting that character in real life. And there would be a time where I'm knackered, maybe I'd had a couple of too many beers at the night before, or it was just, it was a slow day, do you know, when the show wasn't what you was expected it to be. And you could be in a bit of shit mood. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to be in a shit mood because people wanted to see that Wally on the internet in real life. And what I love, I like to think that everybody that comes up to me has a very positive interaction. But it, the biggest bit for me, and this is unintentional, how perfectly suited it is to your, your brand and your topic. The amount of people that come up to me go, oh, sometimes I'm just having a shit day and I go on your feed. Fuck, that's better than any sale in the world. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the sales are number one, but my number two mission of Stjarnagos is that I want everybody to think of Stjarnagos and smile. Whether you've used it or not, that is my thing. I want you to smile. At my expense, hopefully. Yeah. Like, nobody can, take, nobody can take the piss out of me better than me. I challenge anyone to try. That sense of achievement, I'm never, I would never be so arrogant to think that I've stopped somebody from doing something silly. But just the fact that I know that somebody has not had a smile on their face, watched my video, then had a smile on their face. That is massive for me. Yeah. And that has now become my second mission is that so the, the video content that I'm creating at the moment, tomorrow I'm going to do a review on a Maybach. It's got fuck all to do with car cleaning. But I know it's an opportunity for me, me to make people laugh. Yes, we gain more followers, then I can put some products in front of them, they're going to check out. Like, it's all a part of a journey. Yeah, yeah. But the, 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 the meat and potatoes of what I do day to day is ultimately to entertain, to make people smile. And I don't ever want to stop that. Like, that's my... Thing and I would my advice, or no matter what industry you're in, no matter if it's car care, good luck to you. I challenge anyone to a duel. Get in front of your customer. Yep. Be a good person. They will like you. They will be loyal. And that sounds a bit. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want that to be taken as manipulative. I didn't. I didn't think that people would then start going. Oh my god. I love that cab fella, but it will happen. If you're a good guy with good intentions and you just want to make people laugh or you just want to entertain them, you don't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a comedy-based thing, but if you add value to somebody's life, teach them how to do something they couldn't already do, yeah. they will become fucking loyal to you. And that's an amazing feeling for you, personally, selfishly. I get a dopamine hit every time I get a laughing face commented on my video, but it's also massive for, for your target audience. Um, you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be respected, you're going to be, you're going to sell more products. It's, it's tough. I'm, I'm not saying this, this works across every single business in the world because there are some things like, I, don't, I can't think of one at the moment, but if you're in a, if you're a builder, actually to be fair, you can fucking show off you. You can show what you do. Like builders don't do enough social media. Most tradesmen don't do enough social media. Yeah, Detailers yeah. do, great, because they've got a very visual thing. We've taken a scratch panel and now look at it, it's glossy as fuck. Yeah. Easy to talk about or easy to demonstrate. But there is still plenty. There's people in my industry that could do a better job of dis- explaining their products. Don't think all your customers know everything about your products. You may feel like you're repeating yourself, and sometimes I have that. I've made the same video. On, I've made a video on polish two or three times. Your first two were the same video. From what first, exactly. <laughs> but fast forwarding, every time I make a video on and products, there is going to be an overlap with the video that I made before. Yeah. But we're probably five or seven, five or ten thousand followers on from there, so there's new people. And just because you've said it once doesn't mean it absolutely hit home. So don't feel like you're going to repeat yourself. Add some value. Be a good guy. And I guarantee that it will make you 
as happy as you are making your customers. Perfect. What a way to end. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for coming on. I'm going to hit the stop record button. Just to let everybody know that's listening at home, I fucking love you. <laughs> what a chap, eh?